Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 417. Picasso said a great phrase that learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Rennie Doyle. Rennie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I am. I put the polisher down for a few. If you hear some noises, <laughs> we're actually color sanding a car in the back shop. So, Ooh. But I took the seatbelt off the uh, polisher, and uh, we're strapped in here, and you've got my full attention. So let's do it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Rennie Doyle is the owner of Detailing Success, located in Big Bear Lake, California. He began his detailing journey at the young age of 13. Now he's a master-level detailer in the automotive and private corporate jet industry. He and his talented team have worked on some of the finest and most unique automobiles and aircraft around the world. He also operates a training, mentoring, and coaching business, helping novice and professionals sharpen their detailing skills. He has cared for automobiles at numerous auctions, museums, private collections, celebrity cars, and he's cared for the nation's Air Force One jet. That is pretty cool. So, Rennie, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more? about your career, your business, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? You bet, Mark. You know, my story is a lot like others. You know, I grew up in, here in Southern California, so was around cars constantly. Kind of grew up, grew up in a uh, kind of a depressed uh, area of Southern California as a Latino community. Didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of enthusiasm. You know, when I was going through and being raised, it was, it was a challenge. But I never really viewed it that way because we always had fun, and my grandma – really instilled in me to have fun. And so it, uh, it started out with a need and a, and a desire, and uh, it just kept growing and growing. And I think the key to it was I never lost my passion for cars, even to today. You know, I just, you know, I live up in the mountains in Southern California, and, and driving's a, uh, it's more than just a job. It's, it's more than a, it's part of our life. My kids have been brought up through it, and I definitely keep the passion at almost 50 years old now. I, I just, matter of fact, it gets worse and worse <laughs> as I age. I, I think I'm in good company, ain't I? You are in great company. And I know, you know, Randy and I had a great chat before we started this show today. In my youth, I had a detailing business, so we share a lot. I grew up in Southern California. I think we could have talked all day long about cars and polishing cars and 
playing with cars. But I love the story here, and we're going to learn a little bit more about you as we walk through the interview. But first, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here or the orbital spinning in your case. So, Rennie, take the wheel. So here we go. We, you know, I've, I've had this thing of growing up the way I did is I never wanted to be viewed as poor. And going back into, if, if you're a detailer, uh, you know, 20 years ago, we were kind of the bottom of the barrel. A lot of people didn't really respect us. And so I decided to change that. So hey, I started saying simple things instead of a customer. I called my customers clients. Mm. You know, I came out of a, I had a small stint in corporate America. So I learned a lot there, but the passion for cars kept calling me back. So I decided at a relatively young age that I wasn't going to just settle for being a detailer. So uh, Picasso said a great, a great phrase that learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. <laughs> and I've lived by that. I live by it daily. I teach that to the people that come in and I teach the detailing skills too. And I teach my kids that, you know, no matter what, no matter what they're doing is you've got to learn, you've got to pay your dues and learn the rules. But then once you get to that point, you get to start breaking those rules. And that's that's the fun part. That's when the fun get really kicks in. Yeah. You know, I think you're the first one to use a quote from Picasso, which is very cool. I grew up in a family that had a lot of focus on the arts. My father was an architect and took us to a lot of museums. But I'd never heard that quote from him. I think that's, that's really, really great. And uh, again, we kind of share something. I tried to do that in my early days of detailing. And I even got to the point where I was so busy that I would only detail cars I really liked to detail, which was kind of a nice place to be. And of course, I was a student. So I love that concept, that mantra, that quote. I think it's really great. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life, as you remember it, when you really realized that, hey, man, I'm a car guy? You know, it goes back. I'm going to, it's, it's kind of, again, it's not your normal intro is, is, um, I'm going to go back. You know, we both grew up in the same era and, and BMX bikes were just kicking off. And I got a, I got a mongoose chrome molly bicycle Ooh. and uh, I got nickel nickel polish for that thing. And I, I kept it in my living room. I talked my mom and <laughs> grandma to let me keep it in my living room. So, I mean, that's how special the bike was. But, you know, Art Scholl is a legendary pilot and Art, uh, he, his airport where he flew out of, he was the, uh, he did a lot of the cinematography for, for Top Gun. So he did a lot of the filming for the movie Top Gun. Matter of fact, he died during the filming of it. Mm. Uh, pretty tragic. But yeah. I rode that bike over to the airport to go try to find him. Uh, I didn't know he was at that airport. We found it completely by accident. I, I call it faith. <laughs> and Art put me to work detailing airplanes. And then weeks later, everybody that had an airplane had two cars. And I started, I went from airplanes to cars. And I knew I, I couldn't stop. Everybody else that I'd take out there to help me, I'd pay friends. You know, it was hard work and they didn't want to do it. But, you know, like you, I, these guys had Porsches. These guys had Corvettes. They had, they had fun cars. They had fun airplanes. Yeah. And that, that really lit a, a light underneath me that continues today. Wow. Well, what a neat start. And the fact that you started your detailing on aircraft, which is so special and so unique. So working on aircraft, I would assume you had to be very careful around the parts. You didn't want to break anything, of course, or damage anything. So what a great start and with a great person as well. So very cool. And I understand you guys, you detail Air Force One? We do. We wow. do. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh! It's, it's pretty exciting. We go back to 2000. I had a a, uh, a client of mine, Aviation Partners, and Joe Clark, and he's. If you look at the the ends of aircraft wings now, they turn up, and those are called winglets. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's an energy savings. It's the plane flies better, smoother, faster, and it it, it consumes less fl uh, fl fuel. Yeah. 
Well, Joe was the inventor of that, and I, I did work for him for years. And uh, I'd done a lot of his Warbirds. He's a really serious car guy. Uh, I worked on all his cars. And he called me uh, in a November of 2002 and said, hey, I've got a project. I'm on the door, board of directors for the Boeing Museum up here. And I've got this project. This plane's really uh, in trouble. And so he flew me up. I, he didn't tell me what the plane was because I probably would have chickened out. Mm-hmm. And it, it turns out it was Eisenhower's, uh, the first jet Air Force One that a president had ever used. And Eisenhower had used it and Kennedy had used it as Air Force One. And it was it was so bad they are getting ready to repaint it. And they're going to lose that original paint. Mm-hmm. And over the years – uh, we've worked on it about uh, a dozen times now uh, over the last 14 years, and we've still maintained the original aluminum, and I'm happy to say today that the original paint that was painted all the way back in the 60s or 70s is still intact, and we've been able to maintain it and uh, and keep that history alive. Wow, that's awesome. That's the plane that's at the Boeing Museum? That's the plane that's at Boeing. We've also worked uh, in the early days with the uh, the plane that's at the Reagan Museum, and then we were consultants during the Bush administration on the two 747s. Very nice. Well, I've seen that plane. I've been in that plane at the Boeing Museum. You guys do an awesome job. It looks brand new. So very cool. Thank you. So, Randy, what I'd love to do now is look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty, something you're not afraid of doing, of course, and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that, that particular situation? What did it teach you? You know, it's it's going back to the way I was raised. We didn't have a lot, and I grew up with a poor mentality. And it, what I mean by that is that I thought poor. I thought like poor people did. And when you become an entrepreneur, you've got to pull yourself out of that. And it's taken me into well into my adulthood to kind of lose that. And it's it's been an, it's been a process of bringing the right mentors in, finding the right people that taught me that it's okay for me to be successful, that it's okay to have money in the bank, and that I can do these things, that I can overcome these challenges and and I've really taken it's taken me and driven me to do the same with the people that I coach and mentor and 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 teach within detailing within business because you know when you're when you're when you grow up with not a lot is it's 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 believe it or not for people that haven't grown up that way it's hard to get out of that mentality and you when you think poor you are poor and so it that was the biggest challenge I had and 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 still to this day my wife will be the first to tell you is that you know if I if I'm even close to being late on a bill it's freak out time, you know, it, it's, it's, and it's, but it's paid off well because with our four kids, I've been able to really take and instill in them. And then again, with all the people that we have an influence on, we've been able to teach them how important it is. You can go out and make all the money that you want, but it's not always about what you make. It's about what you spend. Right. Exactly. You know that you dropped a wonderful golden nugget there. The concept of thinking differently about money, thinking differently about your position in life being confident that it's okay to be successful. For some, that seems like a foreign concept, but I think to many, it's not. And uh, it's proof on your end that you can overcome that. You can change just by being around the right people, the right mentors, and learning a new way of thinking, not only about yourself, but again, about money. And that's so important because that's how the world is driven these days. That's how business is driven. For sure. Wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. This is a time that is a transitional, a pivot time for you that I like to say when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for this new direction you have with your business and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. You know, I had a, uh, it was a client, I was 21 years old and I was, uh, you know, my own business naturally and, and this this gentleman was at Big Shot in Amway, and uh, his name's Jimmy Head. I still remember his name to the day. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember talking to him and it was my first time that I really brokered a big deal to where it was thousands and thousands of dollars, not just a few dollars, not a hundred, 200 bucks, but it was thousands of dollars. And I remember talking to him and he really wanted me to make a presentation. And he said, you know, why, why am I going to go with you? Why are you my go-to guy? Why are you my go-to company? And I came out of that meeting and this guy was so moved that he just gave me everything. I mean, he, he opened up his black book again. This is before the internet. This is before uh, matter of fact, he had a cell phone. Uh, this, this, it was the first guy that ever saw that he carried the battery pack around. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He had one, but he opened up his, his black book and he referred me over to his, his friends and his, his, his clients. And at that moment, I knew, you know what? I've got a gift. I've got a gift of Gab yep. and I know what I'm doing. He's impressed with my work. How do I tap into that? That was the opening time where I knew that – I was starting a journey, and I had to get really, really serious about it. If there was one thing you could pull out of that presentation, quote-unquote, that you gave that gentleman, what you said to him, what do you think it was, um, in a condensed form, of course, that made him go, all right, this is my guy? You know, everybody's got an idea of what they want. When they come to, a, to an artist or a technician like myself, is they've got an idea of what they want, but that always it, it might not be what they need. And in this case, it was exactly that. And so I took and molded his direction he was going and kind of educated him on why that wasn't the proper line of thinking. Mm. And that at that time, I realized that what I knew, the knowledge I did know, it wasn't just it wasn't just me. I, I thought I knew what I was doing. Would a wealthy person like that really entrust me? And when I when I was able, I knew what he wanted wasn't going to be the right road to go down. It wasn't the right road for me, and it definitely wasn't for him. It was going to be, it was going to come out with a negative, uh, a negative ending. Mm -hmm. And you know that's not good on any business transaction, or especially when we're talking about anything, an investment like we're talking about. You don't want a negative ending. And so I knew that I could take and influence people that were a much older than me, uh, age at that time. You know, being 21 years old. You're a kid, you know, and people don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. But here's this gentleman that he did. And the, the key to it was as I was able to speak the language and I was able to deliver what I spoke about. That was key. Yeah, you know, and you said two words there, want and need. And being able to recognize the difference between a customer's wants but what they really need is so, so important. And I, I kind of chuckle here because, you know, when I was a kid, I used to say to my mom, ooh, I need that. And she'd always say, well, no, you don't need it. You want it. There's a big difference. <laughs> Isn't that true? Isn't yes. That, same thing we teach our kids today. You know, is is there's a control. There's a time for everything. You know, and you've got to be. You've got to. You know, sometimes. I mean, I'm really proud of the generation. We've got four great kids ranging from 11 years old to, to 21 years old, and a lot of people down this current generation. But I'm here to tell you, I think we're in pretty good hands. Yeah. Uh, not right. with just my kids, but the young adults that I, you know, that I work around in the detailing industry. Or even within the automotive industry, as my as my influence reaches outside of what I'm commonly known for now, uh, I'm just seeing these young people that are in their 20s and 30s, and I'm I'm impressed. I really am. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. That's fantastic. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you could share with us today? I'll tell you. I'm going to go back when you go back to 2002 when I was called to not just work on Air Force One, but to restore it. You know, a kid from Colton, a poor kid from Colton, you know, to be sitting on the wing of Air Force One. <laughs> a, you know, I, I didn't eat very well for about a week or two before the project. I had a lot bet against me. You know, the odds of being able to be successful and, and restore that aircraft. Boeing was bet betting against me. I had one client, again, that believed in me. And uh, I knew my crew was really good. I trusted them. And we just did went up and did what we did best. But this year, that was Trump. 
And how is I uh, was able as our, our oldest daughter is a U.S. Marine. Our son is a U.S. Marine, new new U.S. Marine. He's he's just turned twenty. She's twenty one. Uh, we've had a we've had a senior in high school that she's uh, going ROTC Air Force ROTC in college, and then we got an eleven year old that she's part of the Civil Air Patrol. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's we're a military family. I serve in the uh, in the uh, guard here in California, and I'm really proud of my kids. But here's a a really proud moment is I have wanted to get Clay Lacey as a, a just a, a legendary aviation professional, and he's got him and Joe Clark have got a, a DC two that now the museum of uh, the the Boeing museum museum of flight there in Seattle, not far from you. Mm-hmm. I've wanted my hands on that DC two. It's one of two flying planes in the world, and I've wanted to get my hands on it for years. Well, this year they finally let me. But you know what I did as a father is my daughters have grown up in this industry. So I announced to my 21-year-old, the Marine Corps, how cool is this? The Marine Corps sent her home from Japan to come work on these airplanes. Wow. They paid her. They gave her paid leave to come work on Air Force One and this DC, this DC-2. I put a 21-year-old and a 17-year-old, uh, my daughter Ryan and my daughter Delaney, in charge of restoring that DC-2. Wow. And to see them pull that off. Matter of fact, I, I'm going to brag, and it, maybe it says a little bit of something about my abilities, but their plane turned out better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Wow. You know, first and foremost, thank you for your service. Thank you, your family members, for their service and for your wife, Diane, for her sacrifices, uh, for having all of you serve. That's absolutely fantastic. What a great story, man. It's really a tribute to you guys as parents, but also as your kids for learning uh, the trade from dad and uh, carrying it forward. Really fantastic story. Isn't that cool? I yeah. mean, it's. I never would have thought again. I think that's how much the detailing industry, and I think hopefully Diane and I have left our mark on it, is that's how much it's, it's changed. Is 15 years ago, I, I didn't think I wanted my kids to follow in my footsteps, but the industry's changed, the profitizing's changed, the workload's changed yeah. so much that now I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I actually do get at least one that does follow in and, and helps us out in the business. Yeah, it's fantastic. I've had some great detailers as guests here on Cars. Yeah, I, I follow them on Facebook and their careers and I look at the cars that they're working on every day and they share those those work ethics and the pride that they have in working in some on some really amazing vehicles from old cars to brand new cars, some very expensive cars and just your basic everyday cars. Uh, but there is something special about taking care of a car and standing back when it's done and going, wow, and presenting it to your, your client that uh, just smile on everybody's face. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. You know, uh, it's going to be a funny car for some, but it set up my passion based. It really delivered me to the level I'm at today of being car crazy and playing nuts, mm-hmm. as I say. It was a Porsche. It was a Porsche 924. Ooh, yeah, the first uh, first water cooled. It was. And I, I got that car. I didn't know. Uh, I'll tell an intimate story a lot of my best friends don't even know. I didn't know my father growing up. He had his own challenges and, and uh, so forth. He's a pretty successful business guy himself. But I'd never really met him. And uh, surprisingly, my uncle, uh, on 4th of July, right after I graduated high school, way back in 1984, my uncle calls me up and says, we're going down to Laguna Beach for 4th of July. We'd like you to come, and I've got a special surprise for you. So uh, we went down, and he kind of veered off the, the – I'd gone down to Laguna many times with him, and he veered off the very track that we'd taken, and we pull into this condo complex. And he opens up the garage and there's a car under a cover and he goes, go uncover it. And it's this red 924S. 
And uh, my father, as a way to make up for kind of lack of being around, gave it to me for my 18th birthday. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was coming out of driving a VW. Yeah. And my VW is great. I had a lot of fun with it. Nothing against that VW. But it, it, it actually sat in the yard not running more than it ran. You know, I didn't have much money. So I, I, I worked on it and tweaked it. I replaced, you know, all kinds of things on it. It was a Baja bug, so I went out. I was pretty hard on it, you know, yeah. and we jumped it and took it skiing and everything else. But that first Porsche really set me up. And again, going back, I you know I had this poor mentality, and for the first time, I I was like really prideful. I had something you know material wise that I was like, wow, look at this. This is something that right. the average eighteen year old kid doesn't have. Wow, and you know. <laughs> It was still, a, I really, even though it was given to me, it wasn't brand new. It was, it was, it was a, a couple years old, yeah. but it was, um, it, it was expensive, you know, the, the upkeep and then the insurance and everything else. And I drove it. So tires weren't, you know, I, I went through tires on a regular basis, but you know, it, it started, I, I bought a 911 SC right after that. And that really, another you know, awesome car. Yeah. That took it up to the next level. So that, that really stuck it as a young man. I've got a, you know, I can hear songs from that time you know that time frame and, and i'm right back in that 924 nice you know we share a little something there for my senior year in high school a friend of my mom's had just bought a brand new 924 when they first came out this would have been 1976 and he let me take the car to my senior prom so i got to pick up my date and drive it from uh, la jolla over to coronado Hotel Dell is where we had our prom. It was oh, just wow. so That's cool. Cool. Yeah, to get to drive that car. So, uh, yeah, very nice. I love it. Well, great way to get uh, reunited with your dad around cars. Uh, that's a nice story as well. So, thanks for sharing that. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go? We all have one of those or two or three. Jeez. Is there one in particular that you really wish was back in the garage? You know, that second portion is I've got two. Well, I've got more now, but we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about the two. The, the, the uh, 79 911 SC was a really – that car was something else. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually sold it for a good reason was to launch to, – to, to expand the business. Yeah. So uh, it was for a good reason. And then I had a 2003 H1 Hummer. Ooh. I just recently sold that. And, and again, kind of before the show we're talking about, I sold that for you know about 80000 bucks. Now the car is worth about 105000 Yeah. Monetarily, it's one thing. But – you know, two different, completely different cars. You know, I'm, I'm real involved in search and rescue. We're real outdoors people. Uh, our military connection. So the H1 was really kind of my manly. You know, it was <laughs> it was a stud. It was a stud vehicle. Yeah. But that that 911. Oh man, I really I wish I had that car. I was so clean, and I, I really miss it. Yeah, boy, there couldn't be two cars further apart than an H1 yeah, and an SC. But uh, I understand. Yeah, the SCs were just uh, bulletproof, wonderful, wonderful cars, and. Uh, I, I really think they're a car right now. You know, they're going up in value, but if you can find a good one, uh, it's going to be money in the bank. And, and I liked your comment that it wasn't so much about what the value is now. It's more about the emotional connection and the memories. Correct. Yeah. yeah we've, got a, we've got a 67 Chevelle that, you know, we're, we're telling you before the show that our daughter, our 21-year-old, found when she's four years old online <laughs> when the internet was pretty much brand new. And <laughs> that's one that will never go away. We've brought two of our kids home from the hospital in the backseat of that 67. Nice. Kids learn to drive in it. So that one's not going anywhere. That one's, as a matter of fact, I think our, our daughter, anytime I touch it, I just put a uh, new suspension on it. And she wanted to see pictures of what I was going to do. And, you know, she had to approve of everything. And <laughs> I have to remind her I'm not dead yet. You know? <laughs> yeah. She's a, she's a car gal. That's, that sounds like it. Yeah. Well, I'll remind our listeners on your show notes page at the Cars Yeah website. I've got a picture of Rennie with that car uh, polishing it up for his daughter. So don't worry there. He's taking good care of it for you. There you go. <laughs> Don't mess with the Marine and her car. <laughs> <laughs> 
for sure. I won't know. She's very small, but you know, I'm a tough guy, but I'm not near as tough as her. No, we, we aren't when it comes to daughters. I've got a daughter who's all of like five foot one and 105 pounds, but yeah, I don't mess with her either. Nope. <laughs> She's yep, a fireball. Yep. Wise man, wise man. <laughs> How about current projects? Is there something you guys are working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? You know, again, a couple we've extended. You know, this year I was a host at Three Booths at SEMA. That was really exciting. Uh, coming from just a few years ago, you know, walking through SEMA and, you know, just just being a, a spectator to being part of the show, that's massive. So we're really expanding on our public speaking. Uh, our video, our podcast is, is growing. Uh, and then probably one of the things I grew up in a Latino community, Colton, California, is we've got a Latino training program that we're starting, uh, Rigo Santana out of uh, Orange County. Uh, is partnered with me on that. That launches in February, so we're we're going to go after the the uh, the, the Spanish speaking uh, public. Nice. And you know, it, a lot of us, you know, for us, for for me, being raised in a Latino community and being uh, pretty comfortable around Spanish, but a lot of people that even generational, I've got I've got friends that are you know third generation here, is that the primary language at home was was Spanish. So the the primary ways of communicating is Spanish. So we want to support that. It's it's a big part of my history and my growing up, and so we're really excited to be reaching out to the to the Latino community with uh, within detailing. You know that is awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. It gives uh, other young men and women an opportunity to to see where they can go with their life and be proud of something and, and learn a craft, a skill that they can actually make a living at. And uh, that's fantastic, wonderful. I love what you guys are doing in so many ways. You are a busy guy. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Rennie. If you were a car what kind of car would you be and why? Ooh, you know, I'll tell you, years ago, and I don't know, you you might know the model of it. Lamborghini came out with a crossover, high-performance SUV, tough guy, uh, you know, it was a it was a Hummer on steroids. You know, do you remember that model? They they didn't they didn't introduce a lot of them, but they had a few of them. I think uh, Ted Nugent got one. Oh, yeah, the LM002 Lamborghini. Really interesting vehicle because they were originally designed, I believe, for a Middle Eastern country to use in their military. And then the whole thing fell apart and Lamborghini had all these cars and had to figure out something to do with them. So they ended up selling them to the public. Well, you know, it's a, it's a crossbreed because, you know, we're really into the outdoors. It's beastly. It's it's mean. It's big, but it's fast. I mean, how can how can he beat that? You know, yeah. I mean, I just I just like that. You know, that's that's kind of who I am for <laughs> You know, I like that. And I, I believe Lamborghini's going to come out with a new version of that vehicle pretty soon. I've seen some uh, prototypes and some word about this. So uh, there may be a chance for you to get your hands on on a new version of the LM002. I'm sure it'll cost a pretty penny, though. Yeah, I'm going to have to sell some more details. I think I'm going to have to go a little more busier to afford that. A few more big jets, I think. That's exactly it. There we go. So if you know anybody that has, you know, uh, Gulfstream 6 is the new the new Gulfstream, just let me know. We'll, we'll, uh, I, need to, I need to put it in my piggy bank to save up. There we go. That sounds like a plan. So Rennie, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Christopher Kimball, Certified Financial Planner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN or visit his website at ChristopherVKimball.com. You can find links to Chris at CarsYeah.com on his show notes page. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders or 12, or 16, or whatever you love to drive. Securities Through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRIS, SIPIC. 
Okay, Randy, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blitz of the throttle answers. So you ready? I'm ready. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Ooh, don't park it, drive it. (laughs) I love that. Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? I never quit. I never quit. You'll never find me quitting in anything. I quit I quit one time in life when I was a young man. I don't even like talking about it. That's how sore I am. So I never quit. I ne- I've got to if, – if you, if you want to take and beat me in anything, you're going to have to last longer because I won't quit. <laughs> that's that marine mentality, but that's that great quote from uh, Winston Churchill, never, never, ever, ever give up. So That's it. Awesome. Right. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? You know, I think uh, a resource would be multiple. If you're, from the detailing standpoint, I'm going to say that uh, SEMA, you have to go to a SEMA. If you're a car guy, if you're a detailer, you got to go. Mobile Tech, which is a, a trade show that we all attend, and then the Auto Geek Detail Fest, I think those are just all must-dos. You have to do them. Yeah, those are great resources. I've been to the last uh, – well, I did miss SEMA this year because of a family situation, but I was at SEMA for the last 25 years in a row. So it's a car guy place to go for sure. And Auto Geek, I mean, those guys have uh, amazing things. I'd love to get Jim as a guest here on my show. i got to talk him into that someday. But uh, great resources. Uh, how about a book? Is there one book in particular you think our listeners would really enjoy reading? You know, I'm going to plug my own. I mean, I can Good. Help. Yes, yeah, please I'm do. I'm going to plug my own. So it's uh, How to Start a Home-Based Car Detailing Business. Awesome. It's on Amazon. It's it's Amazon's top-rated uh, detailing book right now. It has been for three years, and we're really excited about it. So I hate to, I hate to plug my own, but, uh, you know, it took a lot of work, so I'm, I'm going to plug. You should. You should. That's absolutely fantastic. Congratulations for that. And I'll remind our Listeners here that you'll find links to all these great resources Rennie's been so kind to share at carsyad.com slash Rennie Doyle. And if you go to another place on the Cars yeah website, Guest Recommended Books, you can find Rennie's book and all the past 417 guests here with quick links to get your hands on those books. But if you want to learn about detailing, check out Rennie's book. It's fantastic. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage... But don't worry about the price because I'm going to buy it for you today. That's the kind of guy I am. What would that one vehicle be and why? Ooh, you know what? Pretty simple question. We got to tour the uh, Porsche facility last year. Ooh. They had a, a – and I've got – I can find out all the information so you can go pick this car up for oh, me. Okay. They had a 959S that's just – it belongs in my garage. Oh. It's stunning. You know, going back, I think that was the the, the, the real – first supercar that put supercars on the map and i just i love that car i just i just love it yeah oh man you picked a really special car and the s adding a little nice special s on the back of that 959 makes it really darn cool i've had some guests on here at cars yeah that have had hands on many of those bruce canapa of course has had many 959s run through his shop and wayne dempsey uh, who owns pelican parts owns one and has said it's a quite a challenging car to take care of because all the computers on board i forget how many he said they're on that car so uh you may need to call wayne to help you out when i get that car parked in your garage but uh i know you'll keep it looking shiny and clean we, we will we will yeah we're <laughs> gonna need his help keeping it running oh yeah beautiful car well great choice my friend i love it what color would you like that porsche 959 s to be in you know, I'm going to take – I'm going to go be a little plain Jane, but I love the white. I love the white. I think Ooh. it's just sexy and it's – you know, I polish cars for a living. I want to go drive it. I, I, I want to drive it and not be polishing it. I, I, I'm going to get it out there and it's 
it's going to be a performance car, and it's uh, I'm going to spend all my time on the road coming up and down these mountains. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Rennie, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed talking to you here at Cars Yeah. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Porsche 959S? You betcha. You know, as you're building your business, whether you're in the car industry or you've got just a day-to-day, nine-to-five job, is while you're building that business, while you're building your career, don't forget to build a life. Hmm. Uh, I see so many people that they concentrate. Now, I fell fell to this bad habit for a few years. I kind of gave up the things that are passionate to me. Uh, I'm glad to say that uh, I've got a great wife and great kids. They're they're patient while we built our little empire. But uh, while you're building that life, build a business and a life at the same time because people and the relationships that we have, they're the real jewels of our of our life. And at the end of it, that's what's going to be important. Uh, very well said. Very, very important for so many of the Cars Yeah listeners who are entrepreneurial and are working so hard in their business. And sometimes you need to stick your head up and grab a breath of air and look around and realize the people you're supporting, you need some some of your attention and time as well. Very well said. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? You know, you can get a hold of us on uh, our website is uh, detailingsuccess.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Detailing Success. Uh, That's the best way. And then if you you have any questions, let me throw out our phone number to our office. That's going to be area code 909-366-0909. Awesome. Great. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Rennie shared with us today at CarsYad.com. Just type Rennie, R-E-N-N-Y, into the search bar. His show notes page will pop up. You can get a hold of him. Uh, Check out what he's doing. I really encourage you. He's going way beyond just detailing cars and and airplanes here. Really fantastic business you've built. Rennie, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life and your experiences with us. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Hey, Mark, thanks a lot. I've been a big fan for years. I love uh, all your programs. I love your passion and energy that you share for the car community. So it's been an honor. Uh, Thank you for the invite. And to everybody, happy detailing. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!